a Lifetime original podcast. I did take a video of a bunch of turtles today, so that's Peggy. That's some Peggy shit. Absolutely. Okay, I'm recording on both of my Zooms that are both called Zoom. I love a Lifetime movie. He seems more into the hypnosis for the pussy and not for the not for the help of his patients, if that makes sense. Y'all, Lifetime be lifetiming. Lifetime be lifetiming. This was too much. She's like, there's no fire, bitch. <laughs> Why don't you hypnotize your dick to not do this? Flash, flash, flashlight and keep it in your pants, Otto. <laughs> oh, snap. You okay? I'm not sure. What is it? I just had the strangest dream. Well, you're in luck because strange dreams are my specialty. I'm not kidding. It scared me. I thought you never got nightmares. It's just it. It didn't seem like a nightmare. It seemed like... Like what? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparrigan, here with the, I mean, stunning, fabulous, loving it, cheekbones, lashes, just brilliant, Megan Gailey. Mm. And I am Megan Gailey. <laughs> Megan. I love when you were like, I am no. Naomi Ekberg. No, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to really sell it. You, you know? gotta own. You gotta own who you are. <laughs> Naomi, how are you? I'm doing all right, Megan. I will say, I feel like I'm finally like getting comfortable re-entering society. You know why? I'm gonna tell you what happened. I went to Target yesterday for the first time. Wow. And I, oh, wow, wow, I missed wow. it. I missed it. I love Target, mm. and I it was too. beautiful. I went to. It's there's a new one a mile from my house. So easy breezy. Wow. wow. Huge. Well stocked. I mean, and they've brand got- new. Yes, yes, yes. So we have a we have a baby Target mm-hmm. in our neighborhood, and then a big Target. And the big Target is always in transition. There, like you go <laughs> and you don't. You go. Magnolia Homes used to be over here. Now Magnolia <laughs> Homes slaps you right in the face. And then the baby Target doesn't have everything. You know, right. it's just like a little guy. Yeah. And they they really I don't they can't get it. The, both of them, they, they're they good. They're good. But it's like, you guys, instead of having one perfect target, right. they go, let's give them two and, and they'll figure it out. Two bits and pieces. Okay, right. So basically, pieces. the two targets come together to make a singular target experience. But you would really have to go to both. Yes. And that is problematic to me. Yes. I love that. That's beautiful. How are you doing today, boo? I'm my anxiety is at a 10. And I, I can't pinpoint yes. what it is. Uh-huh, <laughs> I don't uh-huh, even know uh-huh. what it is. Oh, yeah. But... But it's at a 10, but I'm, it's okay. I think maybe because my husband's gone. I was just about to say, I was like, you know, you know, your husband's gone. So you're home alone. You're very Kevin McAllister right now. And how, like. I don't like it. You don't like being home alone. Okay. It feels almost like, in a lot of ways, you're reminding me of the movie that we watched this week. Because it is a woman who honestly, for all intents and purposes, she's alone. She's alone. She's, alone. She's a married woman. It would woman. be better for her to be physically alone, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a married woman, but she's truly on her own in this life. And you guys, I really hope you've seen this one because we are about to take you on a dang journey. First of all, the movie we are talking about today is My Husband's Deadly Past. Okay. We're doing this in honor of Father's Day, which I do love. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the 
worst father that we have ever seen in a film. Okay. And we said, you know what? Worst dad. That's our Father's Day episode. (laughs) Megan, what's the movie about? Break it down for him real quick. Okay. Wife and mother, Karen. All right. So already off to a start. start, But she's not a bad Karen. Yeah. Wife and mother, Karen, is haunted by visions that suggest she killed a missing woman. But something isn't adding up. And she starts to suspect that her psychiatrist husband, Otto, has manipulated her memory to hide the truth of what really happened. You can't trust any Otto, okay? And I'm talking all the way back to Preminger, honey. You can't trust these Ottos in these streets. So it's not what surprising. About the Ottoman Empire? No. 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 Okay. okay. I didn't know. I'm Otto Man Empire? No. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Not those three things together. I will not. If if you guys have not seen it, you can watch it on Lifetime Movie Club, which you know is my jam and my jump off. Okay, for three ninety nine, you get all these movies. Oh my god! And I also want to say that today's episode is not only just in time for Father's Day. We also have a very special guest. Very special guest. My betrothed, the father oh. of my animals, Andy <laughs> Beckerman. Okay. Andy is going to come through because if we're going to talk about a husband's deadly past, Mm -hmm, I'm going to get answers right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Do you think he has a deadly past? Honestly, I wish he did. Just because he is just a real straight and narrow, you know, real straight and narrow boy. And I'm like, have you done anything? But I will say that he watched the movie this morning. And at one point he just, he like, he comes out and he goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) He just, what and I was like, can't wait to get into it, hun. It's um, this may be my. I hate to pick favorites of our babies, but this may be my favorite because at every <laughs> turn, I was just even when they were behaving quote unquote normal, I was shocked by their behavior. <laughs> well, nothing made sense to me. I definitely felt like I was taking crazy pills. But I want to ask though. You know, Megan, does your husband, you know, he's not here right now, right? You're home alone. Yeah. Like, does he have a deadly past? Does a lover who mm. isn't CJ, did you ever have a lover with a deadly past? Because I literally remembered a deadly, a lover with a deadly past, and I cannot wait to tell you you're going to freak. I have nothing. I mean, I'm sure I've dated men with deadly past. CJ worked at Blockbuster in two states. So who knows what he was up to? <laughs> what were the two states? Pennsylvania and Illinois. Okay, yes. Those are he both transferred. Ac- he transferred from Pennsylvania to an Illinois blockbuster. And when he was working <laughs> at the blockbuster in Pennsylvania, at the same exact time he worked at a movie theater. It's wow. like Wow. Okay, yes. He's playing both True sides. Cinephile dork. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me tell you what I remembered. So in college, maybe it was a senior year. Yes, it was senior year. I remember this. And it was like a pre, you know, before the semester started and we're having like parties on campus. And there was like this very hot boy. And I was just like mm-hmm. in this mood where I was like, you know, it's senior year and I am going for going. it. So I was Great. like, he was very tall. He was like a little kind of broy, which at the time I thought was like very attractive because it was insane. I was like, this is so not the person for me. And I said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I took him as a lover. I took him as a lover that evening, Megan. And it was very good, actually. I was like, wow. Okay. He's hot. Yeah. He's like, good, right? However, the next morning, I forget how this comes up. It's the next morning and he's like waiting. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have my boy pick me up or whatever. And then we're talking and I don't know what the question I asked was. But what this man told me was he stabbed his stepfather 47 times. What? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is what and did the did the stepfather die? I assume so, Megan, after 47 times. But just picture this moment. You are in a state of undress, in a bed with a new lover, you know, really just yeah. trying to pass the time with chit-chat until his ride comes. Yeah, how did that even come up? And he was like, and then I was like, okay. And then we're sitting there and then I was like, okay, uh, you want a bagel? Because that's like all I had in my fridge. So we like go grab a bagel and then we're like sitting on the stoop, eating it and like waiting for his run. And then I said something and I was like, and I was like, maybe I joked it. I joked. I said something where I was like, you're a bad boy with a dark past. And I'm very, yeah. and I, mean, I joke like that, right? I just, and he kind of laughs and he's like smoking and he a cigarette. immediately. And he was literally, he's like, he's like, well, he's like, I just stabbed my stepfather 47 times. Like when I was in high oh. school. And I was like, <laughs> and he was like, oh no, I'm serious. And I was and like, and then the step, the stepfather, it was obviously in self-defense. I'm going to imagine. <laughs> I don't know. He could have been unhinged. The point is- And then is, you never saw this man again? Never again. Never oh again, Megan. He didn't go to my college. I'll tell you that much. He was on oh. campus hanging. He was a local what? boy. He was a local boy. Yeah, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I was like, wow, what was his admissions essay about? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This is This is someone who- plays by his own rules. I'm sure he's running some sort of auto parts store now. That was the energy he had. He was like very, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? And and I remember just like, and then just being like, when is his ride getting here? You know what I mean? It was like, but maybe he's a knight in shining armor. You know, maybe the stepdad was bad and he was defending his mom. Honey, I've, no, I've never been so happy to be ghosted on 47 my life. is a lot. 47 is a lot. That's rage. And the fact That's that rage. he knew that, he knew the number? Like, was he counting? Yeah. Like, the count? One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Like, wow. I love how you managed to make a murderer Sesame Street. That's what <laughs> I love about you, Megan Gailey. Oh, Thank my you. God. Honestly, there's so much to discuss, you guys. And I we know. are about I, to. We have to. We have got to get into it. 
No, 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 no. You're not getting up that easy. He woke me up, so... It's either shop talk... <laughs> or sex. And so then she decides to have sex. No. Absolutely. That's not... I... That, I... Uh, Mm -mm. Uh -uh. That was very strange. Okay, so we see her the next morning, Karen, and she is with daughter Jordan. And they have what is typical in a Lifetime film, a tense mother-daughter interaction. Is Ruth picking you up? Yes, Mom. I'm just asking, honey. Where's your father? Uh, Try the inner sanctum. Jordan, honey, we've had this conversation. Put the phone away, sit down and eat properly. Okay, Karen is looking about 36. Oh, yeah, Karen. I am like, okay, what's going on here? So I was very shocked by their older daughter, but let's Uh just go with it. That is it. Of course, they're having a tense exchange. They're both like equally gorgeous and are jealous of each other. Yes. And so then Jordan's friend Ruth comes to pick her up and she sees Otto, who she calls Dr. Croft, and they have this exchange. Wow, is this a Jumanji? I have no idea. Looks really good on you. Thanks. It's a gift. From who? From his wife. <clears throat> okay. I mean... This is a teen. A teen. Y'all, yes. Yes, Ruth comes in and she's looking smoking hot. She's looking like a sexy vampire from Mother May I Sleep With Danger. That is definitely the energy, but she is a teenage girl. It is eight in the morning. Your wife is in the house and your daughter's eating. pick up your daughter. Yeah, like I mean, it was so... And and then I was like, okay, so he's a psychiatrist. I was trying to think of a good male psychiatrist in a film. Never. Never. Have you ever? I mean, I, there's no. I mean, I'm like, maybe Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense, but he is dead. Exactly. So how good can he be, really? Well, think about that. Think about that. <laughs> you know? They also, I think the thing is, too, people assume a psychiatrist is emotionally in touch, right? So then it yeah. also allows them to get away with a lot more stuff because people are like, well, he must know what he's talking about. They know. Exactly. Or it's like, oh, he exactly. must be honest. And it's like, absolutely not. <sighs> okay. Karen has had a morning, okay? She still <laughs> shook up over this dream. She has a big, big presentation at work. And she saw her daughter's friend try to hook up with her husband. Right? So she's going through a lot. Then we we like follow Ruth and Jordan to school to get this little snippet of Ruth being like, I want to be with someone older, maybe like your dad. What? Relax. I didn't mean I want to, you know, with Otto. No, you mean him. You, you mean, mean him. him. Also, Ruth should not be a friend anymore. I get it. You no. need a ride, but you're going to have to find a new friend with a car because Ruth Absolutely. ain't it. Your house is huge. Have your parents buy you a car. Go to your mom and go. Hey, mom, Ruth's going to try and have sex with dad. Can you buy me a car so I never have to see that bitch ever again? (laughs) And your mom's going to be like, yeah, what do you want? Pick it out. (laughs) Blue Book's highest price. I do not care. Okay. So then we see Karen going into work. And as she's walking into the building, she notices a missing person sign. And it has the girl from her dream in it, Gina Navarro. We learned her name is Gina Navarro. And she's 18, Megan. She's 18. 18. She does not look 18. No, 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 no. But come on, it's like And that mean that as an actress, that gave me hope. You know? <laughs> to be like, okay, I'm 18. <laughs> Hello. Hello, I, I'm 18. Because sometimes I'll get auditions and it'll say 25, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. And it's like, I should do it. You should do it. I you can totally it. be 25. Are you kidding? Well, I got the sass of like a 75-year-old. I know, but you know how to be like cutesy. You know what I mean? Hi. Like you can just <laughs> Hi, Dr. Cross. <laughs> 
I don't know if you have to go in your upper register, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Karen goes into work. She confirms that it is Gina Navarro. And then, oh my God, here comes Karen's boss, Dory. Oh my God. And not since Margaret in Deadly Mile High Club, yep. have we seen a boss emphasis on bitch like <laughs> Doreen? She has zero chill. She is coming in hot. She is already mad at Karen. They have this weird saying where, like, Karen goes to say sorry, and she said, if you have to say sorry, it's already too Wait, late. Wait, listen like, to it. Listen to it. Because I said, we okay, have to hear okay. Karen. We have to hear Doreen because Doreen okay. comes in so hot that I was like, they won't believe us unless they hear it. So listen to Doreen. Sorry, Doreen. What do we say about apologies? If you have to apologize, it's It's already already too too late. late. That's right. So, this is the biggest meeting of both our careers. Hmm? Don't you dare screw it up. What? Exactly. She's so mad and literally nothing has happened yet. She is desperate. This is a woman on the edge. Quite frankly, she needs her own movie. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever Doreen's going through. This is somehow the biggest meeting of both of their lives. Exactly. You know, they have these two women who are, you know, Doreen's in her probably 50s. Yep. Karen's in her 40s. They've they've lived full lives. And today is the day that is the most important day in both of their lives. Oh, my and, God. And Doreen's giving the energy of that. Okay, so that we see... Um, the meeting is with a man named Mr. Lee. And so we see the very like tail end of this meeting. And Karen is talking to Mr. Lee, who seems kind of like not sold on whatever the pitch is um, that she's giving. And then he says, forgive me, but you don't seem to be giving this your full attention. Is something wrong? she kind of was like she wasn't able to answer one question he asked her like he was like how many people are you gonna bring on and she said one and Doreen was like it's three and then he was like you (laughs) suck at your job and it's like what they're gonna hire you more people I know but as he says that to her Karen like looks over in the office and she sees Gina Navarro right and it looks real like it's we know she's having a vision because this woman is dead but it looks like Gina Navarro is in her going out top in Karen's right, office. Right. I mean, I thought that was crazy, though. She goes to have a dream, and then there's, like, this vision. And I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, it felt oh. as though like, we weren't really, we hadn't really been in a supernatural space with Lifetime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some magical realism's taking place now. And I was like, huh? This is a little different. It's her brain playing tricks on her, though. So, of course, she's staring at this woman that she thinks she killed. And Mr. Lee is like, well, this is not who I want to work with. And so (laughs) the meeting is, like, gone to shit. Whatever the most important thing of Doreen and Karen's lives, they're not getting the client. She goes into the bathroom. She's, like, screaming at herself. And then she hears Gina's voice in the bathroom being like, you did this. (gasps) Very creepy. So creepy. And then, of course, she comes out of the bathroom, right? And then Doreen yeah. is like, you better get it together. And Karen's like, I don't feel good. I have to leave. I'm sick. A stomach flu. Okay, are you insane? We've been working on this deal for five months. You know how important this is to me, to our company. And it was like, okay, well, Karen, I think you could have done a little better than that. But <sighs> also Doreen is so terrifying. And also it's like, there's this desperation to Doreen that's like, 
maybe you need to just hire some more people because something is going on with the fact that you need this one investor to make everything happen. Yeah, maybe you need a sabbatical. You know, like you seem like you're about to have a heart attack. Exactly. So Karen leaves. She has the same car as my mom. So that's exciting. Shout out to Peggy. We love to see it. And then she sees Gina again in the parking lot. I mean, like this dead bitch is a stalker. (laughs) So she sees her. She sees her in the parking lot. Wait, 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 wait. I need someone to make like a clip, a ringtone, something out of Megan Gailey saying, this dead bitch is a stalker. That is the best thing I've ever heard. And I just wanted to step it out. I wanted to give it the attention it deserved. Producers, we found our merch. Okay. So then we see a new vantage point, which is like a flashback. And it appears Karen is dragging Gina's dead body, like wrapped up in plastic. And Mm -hmm. so that's definitely creepy. And then Doreen texts and says, Mr. Lee doesn't, doesn't like us. And FYI, you're fired. She was like, I hope you're feeling better because you're out of a job. And it was like, Uh, okay, Doreen, damn. If you are really just like out of a job that, you know, easily, again, it's Doreen. Something's wrong with her. This was never a job you really had. Because to space out one time in a meeting should not be the end of, should be the end of things. And it's also like, Doreen, if you can't, you're the one in charge. So if your employee says something, you need to be able to come through and win Mr. Lee back. And Doreen you couldn't lost do the it. meeting. She lost you're the meeting. You're at the top. So if this was Top Chef Restaurant Wars, Absolutely. you're the head chef. Mm-hmm. So this is on you. Doreen, yep. you should fire yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Now, <laughs> this is where I immediately am like, what? Because, because Otto, remember, Dr. Otto Croft, therapist, comes home and he finds Karen crying. And she says to him, I think I killed her. what 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 okay okay and this is where i was like i'm sorry i don't understand how visions of a person visions of you doing stuff i mean honey i have watched episodes of investigation discovery where i felt like i was in it you can Uh have dreams about all kinds of things that i was like okay i don't understand how you got there that's a real a to d situation yeah from a dream to i think i killed her and it was like why would you kill this person? And then and then I will say, and this is where Otto, he was like, well, honey, maybe you just saw a picture of her and you like got right. all twisted up. And I'm like- Which would make sense. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, now maybe Otto is a decent therapist. I was like, okay, someone's coming in with common mm-hmm. sense, even though, of course, I know based on the title of the film, he, it's all his fault. And yet I was still like, what? And then she's like- You do it for your patients all the time. My patients have psychological issues. Addictions, bad habits, things they can be conditioned to resist. I have a psychological issue and her name is Gina Navarro. She wants Otto to hypnotize her and take her back to the night of the murder. Exactly. So Otto takes her into his office and he turns on what can only be described as a very annoying strobe light. Absolutely, absolutely. They, uh, there should have been a warning if you suffer from epilepsy. I know, I was thinking that. We, well, no, we've told you. If you, haven't, if you haven't watched it yet, you guys, if you have epilepsy, you want to be warned because it really hinges on an annoying sl- strobe light. So I want you to look into the light and allow yourself to just completely relax. The only thing that exists is the light. So Karen is now like starting to become hypnotized and we see the waterfalls again. Yes. Okay, so we're back with yep. the waterfalls. And then we see 
Gina being attacked again. And then Karen comes to out of the hypnosis and she is standing on the ledge of a bridge looking like she's about to kill herself. Oh my God. I mean, y'all, this movie went from A to X. I'm telling you, we are not even at the 20 minute mark. And her ass was like, I killed somebody, hypnotized me. Now I'm about to kill myself on a bridge. Can you believe? Can you believe? She's been having visions and seeing a dead person. So there was part of me that's like, oh, this is, she's in the hypnosis. Yep, I thought it was a dream too, yeah. Yes, but then she starts like interacting. There's a man there who's like, please don't hurt yourself. And she's like, I wasn't even, I don't even know how I got here in my little flats that are about to fall over. No, those were heels. And that's what I thought was crazy. I thought she was, or at least, okay, whatever, you know, maybe because it was a pointy because you were seeing. They were like a little big. Okay, but they were very pointy, so I think I automatically assumed they were yeah. heels. Do you know what I mean? Because like the front was no, pointy. No, they were pointy. But I see they, they were, were flat. Because I was like, um, how did you get up there, honey? You're not going to make it. Yeah. So this um, nice, hunky bystander coaches her off the ledge. She, like, climbs over the fence. This was really stressing me out. I thought she was going to slip and fall. Me too. Me too. I, I was imagining myself. I'm like, I would have fell. I would have fallen. And then everyone would have been like, she was trying. She was trying to. We think she was trying to kill herself, but then she seemed like she didn't want to, and then she <laughs> fell anyways. It's like, how tragic. Listen, all you need to do is swing around and face me, okay? Oh, is that it? Sounds pretty easy. Well, she's got such an attitude with him. He's like, are you okay? He's like, why did you want to do that? She's like, why would I do that? Like, she's like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. Like, she was so confused. And he's like, uh, all right. Because her car is there. She drove her car there and it's parked on the bridge, but she has no recollection. Door wide open. Yeah. And this um, hot, helpful stranger, his name is Hugh, and he is a doctor and he offers to drive her home. And I'm like, I don't know why you offer to drive her home when you need to be giving her a 72-hour hold, okay? This is a woman who has literally been on the edge of a ledge. You cannot take her home. You need to take her to the hospital where you work. But and Naomi, I cannot wait for that question to be answered because it does at some point in this movie. <laughs> okay. So Hugh takes her home. Yep. And when they get there, the police are there and there's caution tape everywhere. Yes. And you're like, oh, shit. Right. All right. She goes in. Otto and Jordan are inside with a female detective, Chandra. We love you know, female we love detectives that. in a lifetime Gorgeous, movie. high-powered, yes. boss bitch. You know, for every Doreen, there's a detective, Chandra. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like, you, we are going to get a mean boss who's like not based in, in like reality and delusional, but then we're also going to get like a badass female detective. Yeah. So you take the good with the bad sometimes Absolutely. in representation for women on film. <laughs> okay, so detective... Chandra says that Otto called the police and told them what Karen had been saying. And they came to search the property and found the body of an 18-year-old woman in their pool shed. And here's the other part, too. Not just that. He has a recording of her confession during therapy that he has given to Detective Chandra. So he's like, here is literally Karen. We got the footage. We have the receipts of her saying she did this. Do you remember this? I just keep strangling her. She tries to flee, but I'm stronger. Then she first, she gets taken down for questioning, right? Yeah. And yeah. so first she's just sitting there talking. 
Then, while they're talking, Detective Chandra gets information that shows that her fingerprints were found on the bag that the body was in. So now you went from being, she went from being questioned to like, Karen, you are under arrest for the murder of Gina Navarro. And we've seen that bag, you know, like we did see from her vantage point when she was having these visions and flashbacks that she was dragging a bag with a body in it. And so her fingerprints were on it. And so then you're like, oh, she, she did do this, but like something is not adding up for sure. Right. Because again, the whole reason, the whole thing to me too is like, she doesn't even know this girl. So it's simply she killed her. But then it's like, why did she kill a girl she never that even she met? No. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, what is going on? Well, the detective work is lean. I mean, I guess it's not. It's there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of evidence <laughs> against her. Exactly. So they put Karen, they lock Karen up. You yeah. know, she is yeah. she is in jail. And then Otto and a female lawyer. Love that too. Lady lawyer. Come and visit her. And Otto is just terrible. Oh God. So Karen is being charged with murder one. Not good. Worse, worse murder. Worst murder you could get. Worst murder. She's, she's facing 25 years to life. And on top of all the bad evidence against her, there's somehow now also a witness. Listen to who this witness is. Listen to this. The police have a witness. Name is Doreen Wayne, your boss, I believe. She said she saw you arguing with the deceased the day she disappeared. What? Doreen's Doreen. ass. Doreen's <laughs> ass. This bitch. This is... bitch, Doreen. I so swear like, to God. It, Doreen, you think she killed a woman and then you're like, how dare you mess up this meeting? It's like, <laughs> maybe she messed up the meeting because she was committing a murder. <laughs> Doreen has the nerve to say she saw them arguing the day Gina went missing. And it's like, what on, like, I, I, like, literally the moment they said there was a witness, I said, I was like, I go, I bet it's Doreen's ass. And then as soon as they said that, I was like, yeah. yes. Doreen. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so then this is when Otto, this is oh when Oh my I, God. Throws I her was, under the bus. Who knows? Maybe you killed this Navarro woman out of some twisted notion of jealousy. Are you admitting you knew her? What? No, of course not. And I didn't know the first one either. Damn it, Karen. Why did you do this? Why'd you do this to us? I was like on the brink of being against him and now I'm fully against him. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh, of course she did this because back in our past, she accused me of cheating. What? What? I'm sure you did cheat, Otto. I know. I'm sure you cheated. I know, but also how does that mean she murdered a woman? It's like she she got very upset when she accused me of cheating. So obviously she would murder someone and put them in our pool shed. What? Okay, so Otto makes a massive scene in the prison, like, meeting room, which (laughs) has to be hard to do. And the lawyer's like, you got to get out of here, dude. You got to get it together. And so as she is taking him away, Gina is appearing to her in more flashbacks and saying, you did this. You buried me. Yeah, she, like, sees Gina sitting at another table in also, like, a prison jumpsuit staring at her. So, again, magical realism where you're like, what? So now Gina's in prison in your mind? But no, in that vision, she's like, you did this. You buried me. Mm -hmm. And then, and then. This is in the top three wildest. Things I wasn't expecting in this film. Set it up, Megan. Set it up, Megan. Okay, so the lawyer is getting Otto out of the room. Yep. And Karen grabs the lawyer's pen. Because she's talking to herself. She's talking to herself. 
what the lawyer thinks, right? Because like Karen is like talking to the Gina that she only she can see. Oh, right, right, right. And then right. the lawyer's like, uh, do you need me She's to call? Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the lawyer's also probably like, I think we can use uh like insanity exactly. now. Exactly. She seems exactly. not well. And while all that is transpiring, Karen picks up the lawyer's pen and stabs herself in the stomach with it. Stabs her own self in the stomach a bunch of times. God! Yeah. Yeah. What, do you see what we are telling you about this motion picture? This woman stabbed herself with a with a ball, ballpoint pen, honey. An I office know. pen. A fountain pen, perhaps. She and she literally like multiple stabs. Yes, not 47. <laughs> but but it draws blood. Like we're yeah. like we see her be like and I'm, she's wounded. I I I I was oh really very, very shocked. This this is at a 10. A 10. A 10. Okay, so Otto gets home and Jordan is obviously like devastated and confused. Her mom is in jail, but Jordan's like, I know she's innocent. Um, and at this point, I'm like, Jordan is the only sane person in this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. But <laughs> it's really not hard to be a sane person in this movie because everyone else is off their rocker. Because meanwhile, yeah. Karen is in the ambulance, right? Because she done stabbed herself. And yeah. in the ambulance, Karen manages to grab the cop's taser, tasers him, tasers the EMT, puts on the guard's jacket, and runs out of the ambulance. This girl is Harrison Ford what? and the Fugitive. This, and- I'm thinking exactly. I was like, this is the Fugitive. She is going to be in a St. Patrick's Day parade any second. <laughs> I could not. She, she loves this taser. This <laughs> is like, then the taser goes on to be her weapon of choice for the next entirety of the film. But, but I'm like, what, wouldn't there be, wouldn't there be like a lock on that? Because there's a cop in the ambulance with her because she's a prisoner. But I'm like, right. that's all the security they, I guess. Maybe she's, she's a like white a woman. They white didn't think woman. they needed much yeah. else. Okay. You're right. So they just had the taser. But then also, you know, what is so wild to me is that, you know, we really are almost dropped. We are dropped into the woman the character that is Karen. Because it's literally yeah. a woman who like woke up and had a bad dream and next thing you know, she tasing the cops. It's, and I was it, like, it's how that did day. It's, it's, oh, I, it's less than 24 hours. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, weren't you trying to kill yourself 15 minutes ago? I know. And, and that's the second trying to kill yourself. Obviously the one on the bridge, you didn't mean to wind up. It's, okay. So she's in her orange jumpsuit mm-hmm. and is like very obviously looks like a wounded escaped prisoner. <laughs> so she does a little shopping. You know, there's a sidewalk <laughs> sale. She grabs some things. She's like, I got to give myself a makeover. I can't. She was so good. It was just amazing how good she was at all this stuff. Whereas I think. That's what I was thinking. Like she was, she was good at like, I mean, she was violent. She was quick on her feet. She had, yeah. st- she had real sticky fingers and could just like steal an outfit. And I just kind of felt like, okay, for somebody with an office job, I'm like, what was Karen's deadly past? Okay. Cause she used to do something that she can do all this real quick, Megan. Yeah. Okay. So we find out that Karen is going to her old office. Yes. We yes, see yes, the building. Yes. She walks in, she pulls the fire alarm. I mean, just adding to her <laughs> rap sheet at this point. And then she goes up to her floor and who does she confront but good old Doreen. Don't worry, the building's not burning down. Well, that's too bad, because after what you've done to us, an insurance write-off would be a blessing. 
She's like, there's no fire, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then Doreen confesses that she made it all up to try and save the company. No, she literally, Doreen goes, well, I saw you Googling her and that was enough. What? (laughs) Doreen. Doreen. Megan. Doreen has to save this accounting company. <laughs> so she's like, if I can ma- if I can just get Karen in prison, then I'll call <laughs> Mr. Lee and go, oh my God, huge misunderstanding. You know, my coworker who I trusted you with, she's a murderer. So now you should come back to me. It's like, how is that going <laughs> to save the company, exactly. Doreen? I was like, you, that's going to drive, that's going to drive people further away. <laughs> it was the most insane plan. I hate Doreen so much because she's literally over here obstructing justice, lying under oath, giving false statements. Okay, so Karen is like, what the absolute hell, Doreen? And and Doreen's like, Sir, whatever, I have to get out of here. <laughs> and so as Doreen goes to like leave for the fake fire alarm, Karen grabs her. And then I don't even mean to laugh, but then Doreen <laughs> falls down and hits her head really, really hard. <laughs> And is on the ground. She's not dead. She's going like, right. but she does suck. And so it is kind of funny. But then I feel so bad because I was like, Karen, you, there's no way you get out of this, girl. Every time no. you do something, you're making it worse. We now have three concussed individuals in her wake, right? We've got the cop, the EMT, now Doreen. Karen is yeah. leaving a trail. That is yeah. not like, now, even if you didn't kill Gina, you don't hurt a whole bunch of other people. So I don't see how yes. you avoid jail time at this point, Karen. No. You, you're a rap sheet. It, you're, and you're a fugitive right now. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Okay. It was too it, much. And the thing is that things at home are bad for her and she's not even there. You know, like right. her plate's so full, she doesn't even know that Ruth comes over to the house and Jordan hears Otto and Ruth like kind of canoodling, Flirting. snuggling. Flirting. And he says, He'll text her. <laughs> I love that. All right, I'll text you. Don't wait too long. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. it is so crazy to me. And this is what I mean about Otto. It is like, this is not a deadly past. This is a deadly present, okay? This man's wife has been gone about 20 hours, and he is already about to text the high school student. I mean, Otto. I mean, this man can't even put up a front. Okay, most oh. lifetime husbands will at least pretend. He was the one in the prison waiting room being like, I know she did this because once she accused me of cheating. You're about to have sex with a teen, you psychopath. <laughs> Why don't you hypnotize your dick to not do this? Absolutely. Turn flash, the strobe light the on your dick. in front of your dick and keep it in your pants, Otto. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ruth, get out of there. Oh, okay. Okay. So as Ruth and Jordan are leaving to go do whatever, how are they still friends? I know. I don't know why. Again, Jordan is so desperate for a ride. And I'm like, I know there's a school bus. I know it sucks, but you're going to have to start riding it, sister. You cannot hang on. Your mom's in jail. She has a car. Use her car. (laughs) You know, now you got an extra car. I know you're sad about her, but you've got a car now with your mom locked up. But she's not locked up because she shows up at her house. And 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 Otto is like, oh, what are you doing here? Well, it's Trying also to- like at the same time, the detective Chandra calls him and is like, hey, so Karen did a prison break. 
Yeah. You might want to keep an eye out. And just as she's calling, Karen comes in, you know, yeah. and then and she's like, Otto, Doreen lied and we got into an accidental fight. And Otto's like, you have got to surrender. And uh-huh. then and she's like, do you want something to drink? And she's like, yes. <laughs> what is with this part? Don't you just because it's the same thing as in like deadly misconduct when these men are like, are you hungry? Do you want a yeah. beverage? They like don't know what to do with a woman when she's yeah. stressed out. And they're like, food, water. I mean. There's a, there's a lot of things going wrong for Karen. Her wound is still bleeding. You know, Fully, like yeah. she was on her way to the hospital for a reason because she stabbed herself with a ballpoint pen. So she is bleeding out. She probably does need water, though. You know, like water yeah. is it's not it's maybe not the most important thing she needs, but it is something she needs. So Otto goes to get her some water and then we see him drugging her, like putting. He put, yeah, he opens up a pill. Puts that in, puts it in the water, honey. So she about to get roofied by her husband. And yes. again, if we didn't know Otto was trash, now we have all the proof we could ever need. But while he's drugging her water, she's looking through a hypnosis book and finds out, it sees it like he has stuff highlighted. And so now Karen is like, um, he hypnotized me uh-huh. into doing all of this. And it was like, again, yes. again, Karen, it's a lot of snap. Things come together quickly in Karen's mind. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe she's a mad mm-hmm. genius because I feel like she has one nightmare and goes, I killed her. And then she reads one passage and goes, no, he hypnotized me. It's amazing yeah. how quickly she gets it together. Yeah, because I think we're still in the same day right now. Yes. You know, like yes. <laughs> we have never covered a film that so much has happened in a 24 hour this period. Is, this is honestly 24. This is the female reboot yes. of 24 that we yes. all need. This woman okay. going through everything. So now we have this very satisfying exchange. I'm not the one who knew Gina. It was you, wasn't it? (gasps) Wow. Interesting hypothesis. Where'd you come up with that while you were rotting in jail? Yes, screw him. He's the bad guy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now... Detective Chandra arrives at the house because she knows Karen is there and Karen makes a run for it. And then... Okay, wait, though. Uh, By make a run for it, you mean she hides behind a pillar as Detective Chandra just decides to stop looking when she hits the pillar. Like, it was like, literally, she's like sitting, she's like on her knees, like kind of low behind a pillar. And it's yeah. like one of those moments too where you're like, Chandra, just walk two more feet and you will find this woman. And then Chandra was like, I can't, ghost I can't. in the graveyard, you would have been found. Exactly. You know, like... Hide and seek, you would have been found every... Because she continues to hide throughout the film. And yeah. all the hiding is so bad. And all of the detective searching is even worse. Yes. Like, they just, it's like, you could have... You should have found this woman the minute she left the ambulance. But this is inexcusable. Exactly. Okay. So Otto tries to make it look like Karen hurt him. And he bonks himself on the head. And it made me laugh so hard. I think it was a picture frame or maybe it was. No, he took one of his textbooks and he literally (laughs) beats himself in the face with it. (laughs) He bonks himself in the head with a book. It was like he really. And I was like, this, that's how crazy he is. You know, whenever you see somebody like hit themselves in a movie, you know, to like make it look like someone else did it. That to me is the ultimate sign of like this person is unhinged and willing to go to any lengths. And that's like the sign. Y'all, the moment I see, I saw Otto hit himself in the face with his own textbook, I said, this is, this is, we're only going up from here and we're already at a 10. So, 
<laughs> okay, you guys. Well, I let you process Otto bonking himself in the head, as Megan says. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break so we can collect ourselves. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. 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 okay I'm We're shaking having, it off. We're having so much fun, though. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's so fun. I don't know why this woman being on the loose in a nice suburb is tickling me the way it is. Okay, it's wild. It is wild. Then Karen has a very, very important flashback, which would have been good if it was the first flashback she had. You know, it would have really helped. She has a flashback of finding Otto and Gina together in her backyard. Yes. He has been sleeping with her, and Gina is like, I'm going to tell every, you're, Gina didn't know he was married. Right. And Gina's like, you're married. And now I'm going to out you that you sleep with your patients. So Gina is also a patient. Can you, I mean, sick, sick, sick. Him and teenage girls. Yeah. Also taking advantage of teenage girls who are obviously going through something such that they need not just a psychologist, honey, but they need somebody who can write a prescription. And that is Otto. And this man is sick. He is a sick freak. And I hate him so much. And I thought she was in the beginning only seeing what he was like allowing her to see. I see. So you think he was like setting it up to make her think she did it? Yes. He's a hypnosis man. See, I didn't even think that. I thought he was trying to just make her like forget it ever happened. I didn't think he even wanted her to. Yeah. I didn't even think he wanted her to know what was up. Okay. But then once she did. He could have been like, oh, you did it. Exactly. Well, exactly. But then he's like, but again, to play the good husband, but also good husband for half a second. He's like, well, no, maybe you just saw her picture and got confused. And then she yeah. was like, and then he's like, well, no, it. she did get mad when she thought I was cheating on her. So honestly, she probably did do it. And it yeah. was like, Jesus. Okay. So when Gina says that she's going to like tell, I don't know, the Board of Health. Yeah. <laughs> do they care? She's going to tell the powers that be that he's having sex with patients. He takes the, what is a fire poker called? A fire poker. Okay. He takes the <laughs> fire poker and whacks Gina with it. Yep. So we see Otto kill Gina. Yep. And Karen sees Otto kill Gina. Yeah. And she's and like, and then she's like, we should call the police. What? He did it. He did, well, exactly. He's not going to want to call the police. But he's like, but then instead, Otto points a gun at Karen. Yeah. And makes her drag Gina's body to the pool shed. Yep. Which is why her prints are on it. Yep. And then we see 
auto hypnotizing her. So he like he did all of this, made held her at gunpoint, made her do this. And then he hypnotized her to forget it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So it's like so now, honey, it's wide open. The truth has come, but it will not set Karen free, honey. The truth will not set her free because everybody and their mama is looking for her. And nobody will believe this most insane story. So while Karen is out here running, trying to evade the police, Jordan pretty much knows her dad is a bad guy. How long? How long what? How long have you been cheating on mom? I, I, I don't know. Don't even try and deny it. I saw you today with Ruth. Did you sleep with Gina too? What? No, I, I, I had nothing to do with that woman. And then he's like, Give some speech, which again, you know, Otto's a master manipulator. He knows how to yep. lie. And Jordan mm-hmm. is like, mm, nope. And then he says he can make her bad memories go away. But there is a way to take all the pain, all those bad memories, and make them go away. How? You're going to have to trust me. No, and we're screaming, no, do not trust him. Oh, my God. So great. I felt so bad for Jordan. Me too. I felt so bad for her. And it's only going to get worse for her. I mean, my God. he's. It's also like just so crap. Like, you are doing this to your child. All of this just so you could sleep with teenagers. To me, it was just like, this is the thing I don't, you know, sometimes, and this is what I say. And sometimes Andy will know when I've been like watching a Lifetime movie or a true crime, because I will say to him, I'll be like, if you ever decide you don't want to be with me, can you please just break up with me? And, he, and I'll literally mm-hmm. come at him and be like, what are you watching? Why are you? Because I'm like, <laughs> this This is all Otto is trying to do just to get away with having some sex with some teenagers. Right. But I do think Otto needed to keep Karen as a wife because having a wife probably makes it easier for him to seem like he's not having sex with his patients and teens. You know, like. He couldn't afford to lose. But why was it matter her? if they don't even know he has a wife? Gina was like, I didn't even know you were married. So <laughs> it's like he's not even using her to be like, look, I'm a safe, normal guy. Come into my bed. I think the to the public at large, well, not obviously. the women he's like, because they're not going to go poking into it. But a lot of married men, some of the worst. Oh, Lord. OK, so now we are at a hospital. We see. Hunky Dr. Hugh again. And he's talking to his coworker. <laughs> he's like getting into it. And I need you to just listen to the exchange with his coworker. Listen to this. Karen. She must have left quite an impression. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. What? That she killed anyone. Is that what you told the police? Well, they didn't ask for my opinion. It was just the facts. Huh. <laughs> You're such a boy scout. So coffee later? Okay, first. That's how I'd be acting. (laughs) (laughs) That woman, though, she's like, oh, Karen, she must have really stuck with you. You mean the person who I talked off a ledge who tried to commit suicide in midday? Yeah, I remember her first name. Also, Karen is like the most famous name right now. You know, <laughs> like even if it wasn't her name, Karen, he'd be like, oh, remember that Karen I saved? <laughs> And she's like, what? Does a woman you were dragging out of a Costco? He's like, no, that, not that Karen. <laughs> the Karen who was going to... And she's like, oh, that Karen. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Hugh, uh, everywhere Hugh goes, he makes an impression, though. Truly. And as he's, like, thinking about it, he's like, it didn't seem like she actually wanted to kill herself. So she then he's like... very confused. <laughs> and then the woman's like, did you tell the police that? And he's like, actually, I didn't. And it's like, okay, I thought 
thought you were a smart guy, Hugh. That's literally the first thing you say. So then he calls Detective Chandra and she's like, okay, like, good to know, you know, if anything else comes to you. So it's like, so he's like kind of the first little crack sort of in the case that's being made. And I was actually very impressed that Detective Chandra like heard him. Took his heart. Yep, because I thought she was going to be very like, we have um, all this evidence. <laughs> exactly. She'd be like, I thought she was going to be like, okay, uh, no one needs your two cents, doctor. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Okay. So then we see Hugh leaving the hospital and Karen like breaks into his car with her taser. She still <laughs> has the taser, her weapon of choice, and like holds it up to him. Karen? I'm going to get in the car. If you try anything, I'll fry you. And Karen tells Hugh that Otto hypnotized her and that Karen needs Hugh to take her to Jordan's school, which I was like, why are you going to Jordan's school? I mean, you escape prison and you have a taser. They're not going to let you in. (laughs) It's also like, but can we also talk about how he was like, okay, there is nothing I would be less willing to do than go to a school where minors hang out. With a woman. With an armed fugitive. With an armed fugitive. With a fully armed fugitive. And he's like, okay. And I'm also like, I'm sorry. Did she, she like thinks she can get into the high school, not simply as someone with a taser, but it's also like everybody in the town knows that you have been accused of murder and escaped from prison. Which is, this, this only drives your point home more because- when we see the school, all the kids at the school are looking <laughs> at the news about the murder on their phone. <laughs> and then we get this little conversation that Ruth is like, I'm 18, and if I want to have sex with your dad, I'm going to. <laughs> your dad's a good guy, and he's hurting. I just want to be there for him. This thing with your mom is a total bummer, but I don't understand why everyone has to suffer just because she's a psycho. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, Ruth. Ruth is I mean, she's insane. Now I do think she's a vampire from Mother May I Sleep with Danger because she's ruthless. Ruth is ruthless. Ruth is ruthless. I would love to know more about Ruth's home life. You know, just to be like, (laughs) as someone who would like to become a parent, how do I avoid whatever Ruth's parents did? Okay, now things are about to get even wilder and you didn't know that that was possible. So Hugh and Karen get to the school. They go in. They walk right in, okay? Two full-on adult strangers who do not teach, one of whom is a fugitive, and all she has to hide her identity is a hat. And she goes up to a kid's like, hey, where's Jordan? (laughs) And And the kid's like, points. And it's like, this woman is a fugitive. I know. Okay, so finally, finally, there is a security guard who spots them. And you're like, he was really sleeping on the job. I know. So they walk into gym class where Jordan is sitting, waiting for her turn at volleyball. (laughs) Karen runs across the gym, okay? Making all the scene you should not make when you're a fugitive. And it's like, Jordan, come with me. And Jordan immediately shuts down. She's like, Uh not, you're bad. I'm afraid of you. I'm not supposed to be with you. And you're like, Otto got to her. Let her go. Ma'am, I'm school security. I know who you are. Please don't let her take me. He got to her brain. And so she won't come. And so immediately all the smartphones go up because it's a high school, a place where if you are a fugitive, you should not go. And they are all filming. We've got world star footage coming now. Truly. 
<laughs> and so they're film. Someone is filming, and then and then the security. Oh, yes, sorry. no, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, the I'm security. I'm so guard excited, and then the security guard comes in, and Karen holds up her taser. Of course, of course. <laughs> and then, the, and then the security guard is like, "Listen, ma'am, I'm just a security guard. I gotta call the police. You're a damn fugitive. Like, I really didn't do anything wrong." And then he's able to overtake her because she is just a tiny woman with a taser. Absolutely. And then. Knight in shining armor slash criminal accomplice now, Hugh jumps onto the security guard and wrestles him off of Karen and then handcuffs him with his own handcuffs. So now <laughs> Hugh has gone from hostage to helper. This is insane. And of course, as this is happening, Detective Chandra gets a call, immediately shows up to talk to Jordan. And Jordan, clearly out of it, clearly, yeah. you know, um, Eyes glazed over, yes. speaking in a monotone, and she's like, "My mom wants to hurt me." And mm-hmm. then, but then, like when Detective Chandra tries to ask her, like, "Okay, can you like elaborate?" Yeah, yeah, she's like, she can't really answer. And then Otto comes in and is like, "Are you kidding? Look at her. She is in a state of shock. Okay, she's not helping anyone in this condition. If you need something from us, contact my lawyer. Come on." So they leave, and then like. Megan, are we supposed to look and see there's like blood on the table? Yeah. But what's it from? While she's being interviewed, she has like um, anxious, tense energy. Mm-hmm. And so she is, I think what's happening is the hypnosis is having her say the words, but her body is fighting it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And so mm-hmm. she's like rubbing her hand so intensely and so hard against the table and the hypnosis is not being like hey stop doing that because I she's see, in this I see. cloud and so when the when detective Chandra sees the blood she's like something's wrong with this bitch for sure uh-huh uh-huh I see and I see Ruth, oh my god Ruth sees her boyfriend Otto and is like hey are you am I gonna see you tonight and he goes remember where you are <laughs> yes because she's in high school <laughs> oh my god Ruth is like <laughs> not all there and I'm wondering if someone's hypnotized her because the fact <laughs> that she would like walk up to him full on yes your wife is a fugitive after she si- kills somebody and put them in your pool shed and you are taking your daughter home the way she comes up to him and puts her arm around like she like locks in on his arm and is like am I gonna see you later it's like <laughs> Ruth Ruth honey this is not the time for this oh boy okay so the detectives now have the World Star video. Absolutely. And they see that Dr. Hugh attacked the security guard. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, now Dr. Hugh's on her side. <laughs> and then Hugh takes Karen to his really big house. I mean, giant. Um, it's that Seattle slash Toronto vibe. Maybe it's, it's really Vancouver. Pretty. You know what I mean? Like a Vancouver for Seattle moment. And it's gorgeous. It is like, oh, I don't know. I love it. I love it. He's a doctor after all. Yeah. Hugh gives Karen some of his ex's clothes to change into. And she's like, oh my God, your ex must be so petite. And then everything fits her perfectly. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good, the way Karen like set that up to be like, I'm petite without like. Oh my God, what a buxom little hottie she must've been. Oh look, fits like a glove. <laughs> okay, so she like gives Hugh like the full rundown and explains that now Jordan has been hypnotized. And Hugh finally, finally, tends to her wound. well, also finally, someone looks. He's like, he's like, what the hell happened to you? Like, how long? When did you? How long have you changed the bandage? And she's like, never. And he's like, yeah, oh she my never God. went to the. She, she never, never went, went to the hospital. 
She pays the ambulance driver. It's also like, did you tell him this is like, how did you get this wound? And she's like, Bic Pen. She doesn't tell him that part. So it's literally just, it's a giant bleeding pen inflicted wound. You're a real pro at this. Four years in the ER. You must have seen everything, huh? Thought I had. So when I see him tending to her wound, I obviously want them to have sex. Oh my God. What? I have said it before. If a man gives you a Band-Aid, you're having sex in the Lifetime universe. I mean, honestly, you're not wrong. Hugh is definitely so funny because the moment we see Hugh too, he's like very like Canadian hottie. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's Mm -hmm. from Canada originally. You can hear the accent, but he's giving you that just Canadian brunette, like the Canadian, the the soft, gentle Canadian brunette man who you know is going to be the savior. You know and what I mean? Like good through and through. Yeah. Not a like even this huge house he lives in, his parents left it to him. It's exactly. not even it's not even his money because he's an ER doctor and <laughs> ER doctors, they don't make enough to buy huge mansions. It's from his parents <laughs> who probably died in a tragic accident, which made him even better of a person. <gasps> okay. So the cops arrive at Hugh's house because they saw him tackle the (laughs) security guard. And while they are like closing in on the house, Hugh and Karen have what may be the most insane conversation of the entire film. Listen, when I talked you down off that ledge, I wasn't just being a good Samaritan. The truth is, I thought you were one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen, and I... Hey, I'm bearing my soul here. Give me a break. I like you too. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, but doesn't this kind snap. of explain why he's done all of this stuff for her? When I saw you trying to confusedly kill yourself, I said, you are the most, the beautiful, most beautiful woman I've ever, I've ever seen. seen. <laughs> oh my God. And then, and then Karen's like, surrender surrender to the cops tell them i made you do it which honestly is true and you know what happens instead they kiss <laughs> y'all lifetime be lifetiming lifetime be lifetiming this well, was too now much. we have what is the genre of this film psychological romance it's a romantic thriller okay psychological romantic thriller <laughs> Okay, I guess that's my new favorite genre of film then. <laughs> because, and it, I mean, it's not supposed to be comedy, but it is so funny because you're like, guys, you are about, there's got to be helicopters right. like circling and you are trying to have this damn Romeo and Juliet moment. I know. Okay, so then they run out of the house and do some of the worst hiding we've seen. Just like they're they're hiding on the walls of his house. Like It's like, right. aren't, would they surround it? Detective Chandra, you gotta, you may need to go back to like the force school. (laughs) The force school. You know, aren't the perimeters important? I know. I know. You gotta put somebody on the egress and ingress. All right. Someone's got to be at every entrance and exit. So they are, they get away from the cops who are not searching well. And Hugh's like, oh, shoot, I forgot my keys. Very relatable. very yeah, relatable. Then at that point, we learn that Karen is a CPA. And that is not what I thought she did. <laughs> I was like, wait, who? what was Mr. Lee going to bring you guys then? Just a lot of taxes? <laughs> so, okay, so then they see one of the cop cars. 
and <laughs> they are going to try and hotwire it. Because Karen's what? like, hey, I saw the shop kids do this in high school. It's like, what? Who is Karen? Karen is the one with the deadly past. Otto yeah. is the one with the deadly present. I'm just going to say yeah. that because how, how, how? So Chandra, Detective Chandra spots them in the car and is like, Karen, don't do this. You're only going to make it worse for yourself. And then they realize it's a damn push to start. <laughs> <laughs> so all they have to do is just push the button and the car start. Oh, God. So while, you know, Karen is determined to go get Jordan. That's her whole goal. She's like, I got to save my daughter. And honestly... She is not wrong because basically Ruth goes to Otto's because, you know, she's still trying to get hers. But she she comes in and sees that Otto is hypnotizing Jordan. And because Otto left the door open, as only somebody with his level of hubris would do. Like, close the door. I mean, no, he's got he's like, who's going to find me? Who cares? Yeah, I got nothing to hide. Yeah, it's like, you know, you leave your door unlocked and, you know, you haven't seen a side piece anyway. Ruth is hearing what's happening, and then she sees his gun is just like chilling on the bookshelf, and she grabs him, pulls the gun on him, and is like, Turn it off, she's coming with me. Ruth, let's just put down- Turn it off! It's like, okay, Ruth, okay, Ruth, maybe you are Mm -hmm. a good friend, because I didn't see that coming. I didn't see Ruth being Jordan's savior. Did you see that coming? No, I did not, actually. But then, unfortunately- Ruth is getting Jordan out of the room and Otto goes, Jordan, take the gun from her. Mm -hmm. And because she's hypnotized, Ruth takes, or Jordan takes the gun away from Ruth and then gives it to Otto. Then Otto takes it and hits Ruth over the head with it because this man just loves hitting women over the head. Okay? At this point, he is a serial killer and this is his signature. His signature is hit them over the head and then finish them off one more time. Well, and he bonked himself in the head too. That's his- That's his thing. Anyone bonked on the head in the Pacific Northwest, I think Otto did it. (laughs) Okay, so Jordan, still hypnotized, helps her dad move Ruth's body. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt this was very take your daughter to work day. You know, (laughs) like, Jordan, don't you want a little peek inside what dad really does? Yeah, so my dad, he's a psychiatrist. He has sex with my friends. He hypnotizes people, and then he helps me commit crimes with him. (laughs) He's the best. He's the best. Meanwhile, Detective Chandra is, like, finally doing some digging into into Otto, and she contacts Otto's old boss, who was like, I didn't know he was doing hypnosis. You know, it is, like, technically psychology and psychiatry but the effects are inconsistent which is why we don't do it and yes you can hypnotize someone to kill themselves or someone else so we get all that from another medical professional black Mm -hmm. doctor by the way we love to see it detective what is this about i'm just chasing down a hunch well reading between the lines it sounds like you believe that someone involved in this case was hypnotized Hmm. you see right through me I love it though. Chandra doesn't eat much because it's still not even that much as like, it was just like enough for her to be like, okay, so I guess he could have hypnotized her. And then, no, and, and the doctor doesn't think Otto did anything wrong. You know, right, like, right, right. Like, he doesn't yeah, know no, yet. All that, that's all normal. And Chandra's like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Seems weird, actually. And then, so then Q, Karen and Hugh, I was going to say them, I was going to call them Q because I was like, Q. maybe that's their couple, their couple name, but. Basically, Q arrives at Karen's house and they see Ruth's car 
And I, I, if I was Karen, I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, Jesus. Couldn't even wait for my sentencing. And then they hatch their plan. Listen to this nonsense. So how do you want to do this? You distract him. I'll go get the girls out of there. How do you want me to distract him? I have an idea. I'm not sure it will work. Why not? Because he has to believe that you'd sell me out. In senior year, I played Iago in Othello. Review said I was the best thing in it. Wow, that's dark. That's what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Let Mm -hmm. me get this straight. Mm -hmm. Because Hugh was good in a high school play. Karen has complete faith in him. Yes. Yes. What is this movie? It is like, because I know it's meant to be like a funny moment, but then the fact that she was like, because he jokes where he was like, well, I was good at my high school play. I thought he was joking. And then I was like, okay, no time for being cute, but I see. But then Karen mm-hmm. is like, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh my God. It They're was just in the honeymoon phase, you know? They're just in that honeymoon phase. It was too much. Because then, so then Karen is like, okay, I'm going to go get the girls. Hugh is going to try to get Otto on the record. But then here's the thing. This is another thing though. Karen was like, you know, how good is the camera on your phone, right? Or how good is the microphone? And then Hugh goes, I don't know. I've never used it. At which point I decide Hugh is a sociopath as well. Well, don't you think he meant like the voice memos? Is that what he meant? Either way, how are you not utilizing all the features of your smartphone in the year 2021? Probably because he doesn't do stand-up and he's not (laughs) recording his sets to not listen back to them. Don't you ever write notes to yourself or do voice to text? He's an ER doctor. His time is valuable. He's a busy man. He goes, what I don't if, know. What if Karen was like, I don't want to be with you anymore? You I know what? I would have. I would have said red flag. Red flag. Okay. Otto and Jordan are moving Ruth's unconscious body into the therapy room when ding dong. What do you want? Just a moment of your time, Doc. Look, whatever you're selling, I'm not interested. Do you remember me? Uh, I met your wife on the dam. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on in. Um, <laughs> And so then Hugh walks like straight to the backyard. He's like, what a gorgeous pool. I'm like loving all of this. I know. (laughs) Hugh, look, Hugh is an actor. Okay. Hugh is an actor, much like the man playing Hugh is an actor. And they're just layers on layers. So Hugh informs Otto that Karen remembers everything about the Gina murder. And um, at that very moment that they're having this conversation, we see Karen find her spare key to the house and let herself in. I don't understand how you could just be having a spare key because that means somebody can just find the spare key and then break into your house, but it won't be breaking in. It'll just be like, oh, I came in because you gave me a key. Well, you're supposed to hide it well. But it, how well can it be hidden if it's accessible? You see what I'm saying? This is the whole point. Megan, you know, explain I'm, this to me. I'm I'm sure people <laughs> pick up mats and stuff all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I'm sure. Wow. And so I remember my parents put went out for me once and it was like not under something and it blew away. <laughs> so I got there. I was like, where's the key? And my mom's like, I don't know. It should be there. I'm like, it's not here and it's fallen off. I'm like, well, this is this is a foolproof plan. <sighs> okay. So um in the meantime, Hugh is pretending that he wants to blackmail Otto. This is when his high school play 
um, experience is coming in hand. Absolutely. And then Otto pulls a gun on him, (laughs) (laughs) which is Otto's go-to move. I know. And finds that he's been recording him. So, Naomi, you are correct. The plan was bad, and it did not work. It did not work. Otto is a mastermind. He is truly the definition of a mastermind. He realizes what everyone's saying at all times, and he just is about, he's out here dropping bodies, okay? Because he's so ready to kill both Ruth and Hugh. Okay. Yeah. Then it's like, wow, 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 wow. The, you are really like go hard or go home when it comes to murdering. So Otto gets Jordan to leave Ruth behind. He's like, come out here. I need your help. And Karen gets to Ruth right as she is coming, like regaining consciousness. Yes. yes. And Ruth is like, I am so sorry I had sex with your husband. <laughs> See, Daisy, because he did just bash me over the head with a gun. So I don't think he's a good guy. And Karen's like, don't even worry about it, girl. Can you go call the police? Otto, he's crazy. I think he killed that woman. I know. I owe you a really big apology. I did something really stupid. I understand. It was really good. It was a really good moment. It was like Ruth really went on a full journey in this movie. (laughs) She really went through a lot. Jordan is outside and Otto says this to her. Jordan, honey, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to count down from five. And when I get to one, I want you to shoot this man. Now, don't worry. The bullets aren't real. No one's actually going to get hurt. What? What on earth? That is nuts. And then Otto is proud of her. He's like, yeah, that's my girl. And then now I couldn't even include this clip because it was like so dark. Then Otto tells Jordan that he wants her to shoot herself, but it's just a game. Oh. And he says he loves her, and then he tells her to leave. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It was like, I was like, this is insane. And it's like, oh God. So then Jordan goes back in there and goes back inside, and Karen has the hypno light and is like putting it in her face to get her to snap out of it. Yeah. So, and then it works, thank God. Because I'm like, do you know how to use the light, Karen? Because there's obviously a system to this light. But luckily it makes Jordan, she drops the gun. The spell is kind of broken. She comes out of the hypnosis. They hug. And then Jordan's like, I think I shot somebody. And it's like, Jesus. I mean, whatever this hypnosis is, it is like not that great. Meaning it gets people to do stuff, but then they fully remember they did it. So you might want to work on your technique, Otto. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I don't really know how much his heart is in it. You know? (laughs) He seems more into the hypnosis for the pussy and not for uh-huh, the uh-huh, uh-huh. not for the help of his patient. Right. That makes sense. Um, so Hugh magically stands up. He's not dead. He's so not I, dead, I, but I, he's like struggling still. But I didn't yeah. understand because I was like, was he wearing a vest? And it was like, no, I guess no, he can just power can, through. Yeah, because a teen girl shot him and she didn't and she was hypnotized and didn't know what she was doing. But it's still so, a gun uh, is a gun. It still hit I know, him somewhere. I, know, but I don't <laughs> I know, but she didn't like get him in the heart. I think she, Yes, like, okay, okay, okay. Shoulder. Yeah. So Otto sees he got get Otto sees that he was gotten up and he kicks him really hard. And then Karen comes out of nowhere and she knocks Otto down with the gun. How do you like that? And then she holds the gun on him and Jordan kicks the absolute shit out of her dad. Son of a bitch! <laughs> You made me shoot him! Jordan, no, no, no. 
that was the most satisfying thing I've ever seen. I had never been as satisfied as seeing Jordan just kick him so hard. I was like, yes, girl, get him. I don't condone violence, but get him. So then the police arrive and Otto's like, oh, hell yeah. And he runs outside and he's like, get him. And then they (laughs) arrest him. Well, he's like, he's like, he's like, she's here. She's hurt me. She's hurt Jordan. And then Jordan's like, my mom didn't do it. It's my dad. And then Jordan was like, he hypnotized me. And I, she made me shoot someone. And like, he's like, she's crazy. Look at this. And then literally the cop, and then it's like Detective Chandra is basically like, I figured out you can really hypnotize somebody. We know you did it, Otto. But like, also, I'm going to need all of you to come downtown, you know? I know. Jordan, you did shoot somebody. Karen, you've been a fugitive for God knows how long. And you've knocked out three individuals. Exactly. (laughs) And then and so it's like, okay, we got to have everybody just talk through this. We got to parse this out. Either way, somebody get in prison time. And so you're like, okay, okay, finally, at least we know Otto is about to get what's coming to him. Then. My favorite Lifetime classic, we flash forward. Just one month instead of the requisite six. Instead of the requisite six. One month. That is such a short amount of time. So short. I love this movie. It just does everything super fast, you know? I know. I know. It It was truly a lifetime worth of story within 22 hours. And one month later, and we see Karen and Hugh back at the waterfall, which is basically the ledge, like that's where the ledge was that Karen tried to yeah. jump off. And he walks up and, you know, he's got, he's, his arm is in a sling, obviously from when he was mm-hmm. shot by her daughter who was hypnotized to shoot him. You know? <laughs> um, and um, they have a flirty romantic moment over what I can only oh, imagine yeah. is the water of Vancouver, waterfall in Vancouver. You took a bullet for Jordan and I. Yeah, I guess I did, didn't I? So, does that get me a date or dinner, maybe? And they kiss, and we get a, you know, just a wide shot, and then we fade to black. And now, the first thing I thought, Megan, at the end of this was, can you imagine meeting Karen and Hugh at a party, and then just harmlessly asking, how did you two meet? What a nightmare. Yeah, I think they probably are just like, the internet. (laughs) Like, they can't. (laughs) They can't. They can't go. Well, you know, my husband hypnotized me to try and kill myself, and Hugh found me. (laughs) And that's literally the tip of the iceberg. The tip. And and then when I was fleeing from the police after being wrongfully accused of another murder, I I went to Hugh took him hostage and made him like help me get to the bottom of things. And then my daughter, while also hypnotized, shot him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we've we been together ever are, since. We're not allowed to step foot in a school for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Both on a list. Um, wow. It really uh, an exhilarating, satisfying. I, I would love to see Otto rotting in jail since that's what he said was going to happen to Karen. Yep. 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 And oh. I truly cannot wait to get Andy's thoughts on this film. I mean, this might have been one of the craziest movies you and I have ever watched. And I think it's so funny that our guest <laughs> is going to be. My betrothed, my lover, who has never seen a Lifetime movie before, 
Uh, you may also know him as the co-host of my other podcast, Couples Therapy, the host of his own podcast, Beginnings. Yes, we're a three-podcast household. Hashtag blessed. Andy Beckerman is here to get into it. I love a Lifetime movie listeners. I am so excited to be joined by both hosts of the Couples Therapy Podcast, your regular host on this podcast too, Naomi Ekparrigan and her betrothed, her jubu. Am I allowed to say that? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, thank you. Is Yeah, is there, is there a cookout for being allowed to say jubu? Please welcome Andy Beckerman. Wow, canceled immediately. Yes. Canceled. Gosh, I, I mean, every day I wake up and say, will this be the day I'm canceled? <laughs> Andy. Yes, hello, hi. So, thank you so much for being here, but also thank you so much for watching this film. Now, yeah. hey, where's CJ? Ever- where's CJ? CJ's in, CJ's in Ohio hmm. shooting hmm. a sneaker sketch show. Hmm. I just Fishy. want to point out who showed up the, on the <laughs> yeah. husband episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just like that on the record. Who showed up and who didn't? Who didn't show up for their for their spouse? Oh, CJ's a real auto, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Was this the first Lifetime movie you've ever seen? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, as, and, as in terms of Lifetime movies, I mean, this was a real doozy. I mean, this was. What were some of your thoughts? You know, like what? I guess maybe more so. What did you anticipate going into the movie? And what did you get? Honest, I okay. So honestly, I didn't anticipate anything because I I don't do that. You know what? I'm a cinema lover. No, <laughs> gross. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I watch uh, movies like Clifford with Martin Short, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, real, uh-huh. real cinema. Yeah. Um. So I don't go in with pre uh, with expectations. All right. Okay. Uh. No, but for real, I don't. I don't. I just like I took it at face value. I'm like I. I've heard uh, snippets of uh, Naomi talking on this from other rooms <laughs> for the past couple months. So I kind of had an idea of what a Lifetime movie is. It's not a Hallmark movie. Absolutely Hallmark not. We don't speak movie. of them. <laughs> Are you going to bleep that out? As if I don't. Can, can you please seriously bleep that out? Uh, <laughs> that would be so funny. So it's not uh, It's not the <laughs> movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what, like schmaltz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. right. Yeah, schmaltz. This, is, this packs a punch. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is um, a Zets. So it's Zets. not schmaltz. It's a Zets. Interesting. Zets right. is Yiddish for spanking. Okay, wow. This film had maybe the most twists and turns of any of our films. Is there one moment that you can pinpoint that you were totally shocked by? No, it was all, uh, it was all, (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I was watching and I'm like, yep, okay, sure, of course, of course. Oh, So yeah, he's a hypnotist, so sure, of course he would. He's a hypnotist. He's a hypnotist psychopath. Of course he would hypnotize his daughter. Of course he would. (laughs) I I almost, I missed, I've I've, uh, been out of my mind, you know, obviously, I don't know if you talked about uh, on this, but Mabel's been going through, our our dear dog's been going through chemotherapy. So, you know, I'm a little sleep deprived. So I, parts of me are like, I like identify with this woman i get it i'm like yeah of course of course you would have these like psychotic dreams <laughs> you identify with psychotic dreams right okay. right right yes but i so um i may have missed this i'm just i just wanted to preface that uh uh did he was he trying to get his daughter to kill herself 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. I will give I will give you guys that. I will give you that that yeah. I thought that was maybe I was like, wow, they really went for it. They uh that's something yeah. I might write. That's <laughs> a twist. Too far. That is a twist I might write. And then someone's like, That's really dark, Andy. Can you please uh-huh. reel it back a couple notches? Well, what's even darker is he's such a terrible father, number one worst father that we've ever seen. And we picked this movie as our Father's Day special. <laughs> <laughs> name, can you guys name a worse father in real life? Um, uh, don't make me name yes. check my own dad. How dare you? How dare you set me up to talk about my own absent father? There's been some uh, dads recently who had documentaries about them, and I put them up there with some of the worst. Now, I mean, I think maybe, you know, again, this movie, this being your first Lifetime movie, we're here on Recorded Media. I do just want to take this moment to ask you, you know, on the record, I'm grabbing his hand for the listener, for yeah, Megan I who see, can't see. Yeah. Andy, is there anything deadly in your past that you want to finally just get off your chest? Here in front of me, Megan, and all the I Love a Lifetime podcast listeners? No, nothing. I don't even kill bugs. <laughs> I have no- never shoplifted, never stole a joke from someone and then treated <laughs> it as your own. <laughs> oh, you want all the bad things I've done? All right. I want to know your deadly past. Yeah. Stole, yeah, yeah. I stole a ski ball from Bolarama in high school. Okay. Oh my Victimless gosh. crime. And then I, no, because whoever, now everyone, I mean, look, Bolarama is gone because- Because uh, <laughs> you stole the ski because ball. Of you. Yeah, because you stole the I'm saying ball. everyone you... who played ski ball after I stole that had one less ball in which to ski. That's fine. True. I, true. But if anything, that helps Bolarama because then they're getting lower scores, less tickets, less prizes to give away. Wow, Megan. There it is. You follow the chain. Wow. There it is. <laughs> so in other words, I was a corporate stooge for Bolarama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is the Company word. man. What else? Uh, I stole a bunch of... I stole... This is, you know, they were given freely, but you weren't supposed to take them in such volume. I stole sporks from Taco Bell in high school as well. <laughs> Sporks from Taco Bell. I love the the word spork. The word spork <laughs> was a novelty is, piece. Yes, it's such a delightful <laughs> word that I wanted. Uh, I thought it was so uh, fun. The idea of a spoon and a fork together. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Naomi. Sporks are the interracial children of silverware. <laughs> Wow, we're both going to have spork babies. We're going to have spork babies. <laughs> I would love your mom being like, Andy's been up to something. I just know it. And rifling through your room like, am I going to find cigarettes or porn or drugs? Oh, and God, then just no. pulling out a drawer filled with Taco Bell sporks. <laughs> they were in a, they might, no, no, they were thrown out at some point. Thank God. They were in a, uh, a collector's, a Burger King Batman Returns collector's cup sitting on... <laughs> One of the shelves of my room. There. Okay, Andy, we just started this new thing where we are listening to voicemails from listeners who have called in and had lifetime worthy interactions, experiences. And Naomi and I specially picked one for you to listen to and and help us create the lifetime world around. Oh, that's exciting. Um, for those, does that sound good? Yes, love it. For those listening at home that are like, I want to call in. I've had a lot of crazy stuff happen to me. The number is 212-424-7338. I feel like I'm in a carpet commercial. (laughs) Okay. So, Julie, our our faithful producer, could you play voicemail number two for us? Please leave your message. So this is not something that happened to me, but happened to my mother when I was about nine years old. I knew the whole tea that was going down. So my mom's best friend, my childhood best friend, her husband 
was cheating and they could not pin him down. They tried to bust him all these times and couldn't. And so, um, and this was out of town at the beach where he had this girlfriend. And so they hired a private investigator to follow him. Well, they couldn't get, the private investigator could not get close enough, could not get the pictures. They kept trying, but he kept, um, the cheating husband kept evading the private investigator. So also, side note, the ex-husband had a business partner that died, that was murdered mysteriously. And it was thought that the alleged cheating ex-husband, cheating husband was the murderer. So um, the private investigator and the divorce lawyer told my mom's best friend, like, leave it alone. Don't you dare try to interfere. So my mom's like, "Uh uh-uh, we got this. They put on wigs and sunglasses (laughs) and disguises. They followed them themselves, took pictures, busted him, got the house, got nice alimony, got it all. So anyway, just wanted to share that story with my favorites, Naomi and Megan. Um, and I was nine, and I knew the whole thing went down, and my mom bought me, brought me back a stuffed animal monkey that I still have to this day. <laughs> Bye. What about the oh business partner? What about the I business know. partner? I love that she got a present from the stakeout, though. I know. <laughs> it was like, we no, that's were... That's what I'm wondering. Okay, yeah. So he definitely killed the business partner. Oh, this 100%. This is where we come in. Exactly. This is where we come in. Exactly. Where it's like they not only caught him cheating, but in the midst of uncovering the cheating, they also found evidence that tied him to the murder of the business partner. I mean, I think it would be funny also, if anything, if it's like, what if the movie version of this, is it almost like she thinks he's cheating? but actually mm. discovers he's murdering. You see what I'm saying? Wow. In the process of being like, I thought you were, like, you're being cagey. You've been, you've been avoiding me. You've been taking, yeah. having late nights. And then when she, when she, her and her friend follow, they actually find out he's like moving a body. Right. What do we yeah. think about that? And she's like, oh my God, he loves me still. <laughs> and her friend is like, get it together. I just love the and idea that, like, so- that their disguises would look like Barb and Star. In my mind, that's <laughs> what they look like. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, and like, would they have gone to tail him if it wasn't the beach? You know, like if he was just like in Indianapolis, they're like, we'll let the cops handle this. <laughs> but I also love, but to me, the best part because I really relate to this too is like an only child of a single mom, like finding out stuff. Meaning, like, I love that she was a nine-year-old and had all the tea. Was like fully yeah. aware. Her mom was like, "Okay, I'm gonna be back at the end of the weekend. I gotta ho- go help Pam lock down this cheating bastard." Ugh. Do you know what, what I mean? a good friend? What a good friend! Such a good her friend. Mom is. And I also think in the movie, I almost wonder if in the movie, is there a real a nine year old who we use kind of as not bait, but like using a kid to get into places that adults can't get into? So you want to turn uh-huh. it to Harriet the Spy? A little bit of a yes. Harriet the Spy energy. Yes, yes, yes. Utilizing the young girl. Utilize not the putting youth. her in harm's way. Of, of course, course, no, but just course. being like, you get a little close and take this picture that we can't get because he'll know our faces. And it would definitely justify her getting a gift at the end. Absolutely. A gift that she has to this day as a grown woman. <laughs> That's where it because starts. That's where it starts. Yeah. What in do you her mean? Adult house, Ooh. and it starts on the toy. Okay, we love like, it on a shelf. Oh my god, this is cute. How'd you get that? And she's like, "It's a long story." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's good. Okay. We love Although that. Ben- it's almost as if I'm a professional writer. <laughs> okay, okay, Andy, you don't have to brag. <laughs> 
Oh, well, Andy, thank you so much, not just for joining us, but really for watching my husband's deadly past and also for not having a deadly past of your own. Yeah, that's probably the most important thing to thank you for. Mm -hmm. I killed two ants yesterday. I lied lied about the insect thing. I don't want to be an accomplice. A-N-T-S or (laughs) A-U-N-T-S? A-N-T-S. Okay, great, great, great. Then he's a keeper, Naomi. He's a keeper. Thank God. Thank you so much. All right, Andy, you can go now. (laughs) Thank you for having me, both of you. Bye. That was tender. Isn't he a real bench? Of course. Oh, now you've moved. Naomi just moved the computer back to be on her. She's like, okay, out of the frame, out of the frame. Um, oh my God. Honestly, not only do I feel like this has now brought Andrew and I closer together, but what's even better is that this movie was so wild. Like, I need a true emotional beat, Megan. Like, a chaser. Yes. The fact is, we've got another one next week. Okay? We do. We got a brand new movie we're talking about called Buried in Barstow, starring Angie Harmon. Okay? From Rizzoli and Isles. Legend. Angie plays Hazel King, a single mother determined to shield her daughter from the life she once had as an ex-hit woman while protecting and defending those who can't defend and protect themselves. Hazel's past catches up with her when she's pulled in for another hit. Okay, okay. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this is going to be about. But it does seem like a hit woman helping people. She won't be dumb. And that's something I really need to see right now. You can watch this on Lifetime Saturday, June 8th at 8 p.m. 7 Central. So go on this journey. And I hopefully Hazel King, I think this will be a good palate cleanser. This will be a soul cleanser. And I can't wait to go this journey with you. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out another awesome Lifetime podcast, The Table is Ours. It's hosted by two fabulous black women in entertainment who sit down with some of their favorite black icons to discuss how black identity has informed, empowered, and fortified their lives and careers. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder and Aisha Jordan. With Chris Boniello as editor and sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> 